podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Bikes, and today, tonight rather, uh, I am delighted to be joined by Kevin Graham. As I was joined five years ago, Kevin, on episode one of A Celtic State of Mind, and uh, we're now celebrating episode a thousand. Now, there's going to be other things that we're going to do to celebrate that, of course. You might see us somewhere um, appearing in person, who knows? Um, but it's quite the milestone, Kevin Graham, and uh, I want to talk to you yourself, and I want to talk to, I think, another nine contributors to Axom, all nine about nine. this journey, five years into the Axom journey, and um, obviously, we're Celtic Car, and a few other wee teasers as well, we've already started disagreeing before we came on, so I'm sure this will be an interesting chat. Before we get going, you know how much I love the football jerseys, Kevin Graham, and I've been seeing images of this new Celtic away strip. And if I was to pick my favourite away strip of all time, it was the original of that design back in the early 90s. I'm just, there's something about this. There's something missing about this new retake on the classic design. I'm not loving it as much. I don't know what it is. It might be one of the jerseys, Kev, that looks better on the player. Like the current third jersey, you know, the white with the pink and green. I thought it looked horrendous when I saw the images. Then you see it in action, doesn't look so bad. But that's my favourite jersey of all time, away jersey, and I'm just, I'm not buying it. I don't know what it is. What's your thoughts? When you saw the snippets of it before you've seen the whole pictures that have actually come out, you're like, yes, they've actually went back to a classic design. As you say, it was designed by George that done the St Duffer stuff. Uh, George St Duffer, I think. It was actually a fashion designer that designed that kit. Well, you can marry me. You've, you've wrote a book about it. Um, so, aye, it looks like a darts player's kit. I expect to see it, not even at the PDC, I expect to see it, see it at the lakeside where all the has-beens darts players. It, it, the material looks all wrong, the collar looks wrong, and the fact that it's got nothing on the back yet apart from a big Magnus is just... They've made a mess of it. See the last time. For the pictures that we've seen, Paul, it looks like they've made an absolute mess of it. 
that's not what you said. That's not the language you used, certainly, before we came on. But I was no. going to say, Kevin, the last time I thought we're, we're recreating a classic, it was going to be immense, was remember when Nike tried to redo the Love Street kit and they made a mess of that? You made Black collar, um, gold Nike, swoosh. It just did not work. I mean, simplicity. I have nine contributors, 11 including you and me, on tonight's show, the first one up is going to be Laura Bradburn, and we will be asking each of the contributors at least one topic of discussion that Kevin and I are bound to have an opinion on, and we will ask the first question of Laura, but I'm going to welcome her onto the Axom stage. First and foremost, Laura Bradburn, welcome to episode 1000 of A Celtic State of Mind. We've done it as we, we often do. We've not announced this. We just thought we'll go live at six o'clock. Let's talk to the contributors. Let's talk Celtic for an hour. Um, and how's your journey been since you came on the Axel? Well, this is a bit. This is a bit of a weird one to be on for me because uh, I've been listening to the podcast since since it started, and obviously, in case anybody watching doesn't know the story, like you and I, Paul, got in touch through Twitter through the world of football books number of years ago um, through the Quality Street Gang and kept in touch before I came on the podcast so for me this is kind of reminding me of when you were back in back in the kitchen doing it across the table and uh, excuse me and, oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> doing the podcast across the table I should say and uh, yeah that whole that whole nostalgia of, of where it all started and where we're at now and being one of like you say, nine contributors tonight, but many more over the course of the last couple of years that I've been involved to to have the privilege of being on here to just talk Celtic with people. No, it really is. Uh, you've been a welcome addition, Laura. It's not all about talking about us, actually, through this show. There are some good talking points. But on that note, I've got to say, big shout out to people who have contributed in a big way to a Celtic state of mind, but may not be seen um, on the show these days. So a big shout out to Jim Simonetti, who in the early days uh, saved me from talking into a void for an hour on my own many a time. And to Stevie Mullen, who um, was a superb contributor up until the point where we had to use the tech during the lockdown. And he thought, I'm out until I can come back into the studio. And Stevie is also always welcome on a Celtic state of mind. First thing um, that Kevin and I discussed before coming on, obviously, was uh, before you came on, rather, was this uh, Celtic away jersey. But it's not the question I'm going to be asking yourself. What I want to know from you, uh, Laura, doesn't involve the, the fashionistas of the, the Celtic world. It does actually look upon the here and now and Ange Postacoglu. I want you to tell me, who do you think uh, has been the most improved player under Ange and why? Most improved player? I, I mean... It... There's really only one answer. I mean, I think you could talk about who's best signing is, who's who the best player of the season is, but the the most improved player of the season's got to be Anthony Ralston. I mean, we've we've talked about it so many times that seeing him on a team sheet before this season was a kind of worry. It was a kind of sign that the game wasn't going to go the way you thought, or. Or it became a punchline in some of the jokes. Oh, this is going so bad, we might as well put Ralston on that kind of thing. So to see the position he's in now, um, you know, he's got to take a lot of credit for that himself. But so has Ange, because so many managers have have tried and failed to find something in Tony Ralston, be it at Celtic or at St Johnston or wherever else he's been in the meantime. You know, you're talking about a guy who 
made his first team debut. Talking about five years of Axom, it must be about five years or so since Tony Ralston made his debut. So obviously there can't be something that all these managers have uh, have missed unless Ange has tried something different with him and it's been Ange that's been the key to unlocking the, the potential that he's got. Absolutely. I mean, I do agree with that. Kevin, I think that many players have improved under Ange and I think Nier Beaton did simply by playing the guy in the position that he's comfortable in. I think uh, Tommy Rogic, mainly by getting him as fit as I've ever seen him in a Celtic jersey, playing a lot more minutes, contributing a lot more than he did consistently. Um, and I think there's probably an argument to say that, uh, you know, Joe Hart's career's almost been resurrected under Ange Postecoglou. Not particularly his Celtic career, but, you know, his football career. But I would go for Tony Ralston all day long. Kevin Graham, what's your thoughts? Ralston is the obvious one, uh, because basically, June last year, he was only right back at the club. And by, de- and by default, he got an extra year contract because he was the only right back at the club. I think there was somebody called Leo Connor there as well, but he ended up at Tranmere and obviously mm. wasn't fancied even by uh, Gavin Stratting and John Kennedy when they were discussing right-backs with, with Ange Postacoglu. As you've mentioned, Beaton, you've mentioned Rogic, you've mentioned um, maybe Cal McGregor, but Beaton and Rogic, they both, they both have had one of their best seasons ever at the club and they've been there for nine seasons. That says something as well. Greg Taylor as well. I think Greg Taylor's been magnificent since the turn of the year. Much maligned uh, guy who the narrative all summer's going to be that we need a new left back and maybe that's going to get proven correct. But then you've got David Turnbull as well. Basically, Ange Postecoglou ran him into the ground uh, to that League Cup final. Mm-hmm. And Turnbull stood up, uh, stood out as well. There's been a lot of them this season that Ange Postecoglou has improved uh, maybe it's just the, the atmosphere round about the cap improved, but Bafey is the right. Tony Ralston is the only answer to that question. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we have been singing his praises all season, as has uh, most Celtic fans. Laura, it's going to be a whistle-stop tour of Axon contributors tonight, uh, and I'm absolutely delighted that you've joined us as the number one. I don't know if that means that you are the Joe Hart of Axon, but you have come in. Do you know, if you, you told me that? that at the start of the season, if, if you told me at the start of the season, I'd have told you to take that away, but I'll take it now. <laughs> um, he's, he's, a, he's a new hero, so I'll take it now. You have changed your opinion, which you're allowed to do as a football fan, as a Celtic fan, Laura. Um, And I look forward to seeing you later on in the week. We will be keeping Axom running on a daily basis. Uh, We'll be talking about some nostalgia, and I'm sure a a wee bit of that will keep in on tonight's discussion points as well. Laura Bradburn, it's always a welcome. Thanks for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind. And there we go, back down to the two. But we do have another contributor waiting in the wings before uh, bringing Tony Haggerty into the conversation. Here's some um, comments from our listeners. Susan Finlay, congratulations on your 1000th episode. Absolutely love the channel. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank you for that, Susan. And Magnet67, huge congrats from this boy on your 1000th episode. Certainly kept me sane through that one dark season. I think it kept us sane, Kev, and been a constant for me this season. Hail, hail. Um, thanks very much for your comments and for getting involved. You can't always tune in live, but always catch up on YouTube. Hail, hail, the champion content you deliver well. 
we are Celtic supporters and uh, we want to talk about Celtic and we also want to create a community Kev that's a big part of it create that community where people can feel involved in the discussion um, and some of the people have ended up on the show as well Ewan Boy Martin is a regular contributor um, someone else who is a valued member of the team um, is number two contributor. I don't know if that makes him the Juranovic or the Ralston of the squad, but here we have it. It's Tony Hagrid. And Tony, every time you appear on this show, you wear some item which is a colour green. And tonight I can see that it's your specs and your top. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, guys? Uh, congratulations to you two setting this up and starting it on the kitchen table. A thousand episodes is it's no mean achievement. Tremendous milestone and I've just been delighted to kind of hitched a ride and joined the Magic Carpet ride and got a wee journey so far, but I've enjoyed it every minute of it. It's been great. You do feel like you're on a Magic Carpet ride sometimes. You know, it sometimes gets a wee bit windy, you think you're going to fall off the back of it, but um, we're still here, a thousand episodes in, Tony, and you've been a you've been a great addition to the squad, I've got to say. Um, you know, talking like, to signings. Stone Roses, you know what I mean, that kind of thing, you know. That, well, talk... Talking of music, talking of music, uh, Tony, uh, we do love a wee bit of music chat, and I remember, and I've said this a few times, uh, Kevin turned up to record episode one at my kitchen table, absolutely, uh, not particularly um, on it, but certainly at it, <laughs> and you were wearing a Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band t-shirt that day, Kevin, and uh, anyone who's into him will know that From Across the Kitchen Table was the name of one of the earlier albums that he released uh, under the guise of the Pale Fountains. And it just shows you how these things turn out because this week we put our session out uh, with Mick Head. So all these years later, and we have recorded a session with Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band, which back then, Kev, seemed like a bit of a pipe dream, I've got to say. Uh, Tony, yeah, you were a great signing, but who has been Angie's best signing and why? Oh, oh, come on now, that's a toughie. Yeah. Hey, oh right, okay. I, I've got to be honest, I, I don't think he's got it wrong in any of his signings, with the exception of Idaguchi, because we've not really seen what Idaguchi can produce because he got injured in the game against, against Alawa. But I don't think he can have any qualms about any of the guys that he's brought in. It'd be hard to pick one over the other. You just look at the difference they've made to the team, and I look at Angie and I think he knew exactly what he needed, because very early on in his tenure he was saying, we are limping into January, but I know what we need. And you know the way he goes and scouts his players because we'd asked him the question and he gave us the Clairefontaine answer. Mm. He, he signs good people, not just good players, but good people, but he, he envisages players in his football team. So he envisaged Kyogo scoring, he envisaged Maeda coming in, being full of energy and scoring, he envisaged Giacomacus coming in and scoring, he envisaged Carter, Vickers and Jota making a big difference to that defence and the front three. So I, I've got to be honest, I, I find it very hard to pick my own best signing because I think as a collective, we've been absolutely terrific and that's the reason, one of the main reasons why we're champions, isn't it? It's, it's been sensational. I mean, I threw one out the, the other week there when I was talking, I said, you know, I could easily pick Kyogo. I really could. I could yeah. pick Carter Vickers. Um, but I, I actually have gone for Joe Hart with the reason being that that was such a big issue for us last season. So, yes, Kyogo's given us the flair, he's given us the goals, he's given us a new icon. And let's be honest, he's a hero already. Carter Vickers has solidified a brand new backline. You know, Taylor, be it Juranovic or Ralston at right back, and then Carter Vickers and Starfield. That's a brand new defence. But behind him 
if you've got a Barkas or you've got someone who's not going to give the defence the confidence that we needed this season and the leadership that we needed and a strong voice, then it might not have been a league championship winning season. And I just, you know, pound for pound as well, just over a million quid for Joe Hart. It's been an incredible snip, I think. And I hope that he can stay with us for another couple of years and contribute in that first team and maybe bring on the next generation, whoever that might be, in terms of a number one. Because it's been a while since we produced a goalkeeper as well, Kev. Definitely. And, I mean... Apart from, I mean, apart from Fraser Foster in my lifetime watching Celtic, but the goalkeeping position's always been dodgy. Mm-hmm. It has been, it has been dodgy. I mean, we've had Gordon Marshall, and I we all love Big Pat Bonner, eh? But he, he was prone to the odd, 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 the odd laps. Even, even Martin O'Neill's superb side. I mean, you had Jonathan Gould just before then as well, who I uh, played a great part in the, the stop in the 10 season, but he, you, you were always questioning whether he could pull out a match winning save. So when you look at Joe Hart and Fraser Foster, I think we've got lucky in the last 10 years twice with two great goalkeepers and they've actually proved um, they're worth their weight in gold. They actually are worth, worth their weight in gold. I still didn't understand when I go back to the trophy day on Saturday if I Joe Hart wore his gloves all the time. That, that that just puzzled me. Even when he was doing the lappy on her with his kids, he still had his gloves on. And I did find that a bit uh, bemusing, right enough. But Joe Hart's been great. For me, Angie's best sign has been Kyogo. He set the standard. He he was, he was Angie's vision on the pitch I, I to start off with. I think you could have a, a reason for saying every one of his signs is the best sign, and that's what I mean. You know, you could... You could you could rationalise it in your in your own mind, and you can give your, your own opinion. But I think you, you know, you you have certain moments which every signing has produced this season, and you go, "That's why we signed them." And you're glad you're glad they're here. And uh, yeah, I just I just find it hard to to pick my favourite because I really like this team. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And I really like this manager and the way he's got this team playing and the way all the guys seem to be friends as well. And Matt O'Reilly said after it, uh, Tannadice, when they clinched the title, he, he said, we're, we're friends on the park and off it. We're a good mm. group. We're, you know, we're really close. You know, and, and that, you can't manufacture that. You know, a lot of clubs have certain cliques within their team, and that, that that's evident sometimes. But he said, you know what? He said, we, we do everything together, which is great. And it's great to see. It is, and hopefully uh, some of the other players' musical taste will rub off on Matt O'Reilly because his uh, musical taste is, uh, quite frankly, honking at the moment, Tony. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's always an absolute pleasure, Tony Haggerty. You will be back on Friday. We have another Axon contributor waiting in the wings. Uh, Let's see what he's got to say. Thank you very much for joining us once again on A Celtic State of Mind. Congrats, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Nice one, mate. Nice one. It's always a pleasure. Sorry, Kev. On you go. Before we bring in the next one, Mark... MCM tells me Arthur Borat was an awesome keeper too. It was there was a season when I reckon he was the best goalkeeper in Europe was Big Arthur. 
and he was as mad as a box of frogs as well, which always helps. I love that story that Gordon Strachan tells where, uh, you know, he's about to uh, get stuck in about Arthur Boric at half time and you can't find him because he's in the cubicle having a wee puff on a cigarette. Uh, that's Arthur Boric for you. We love a, a bit of a cult icon and he was certainly that. Talking of cult icons, Declan McConville. Welcome evening, to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, I see that you've got Angie's book over your shoulder there. Have you read it yet? Yes, I've read it. Um, it's a good read. You can probably pick things out of it. And some of his recent interviews, um, the story about his father with the mattress and they were going round in circles and stuff to, you know, they just came to Australia, couldn't speak the language and they couldn't communicate with people. He said that this was a story his dad used to, to tell at parties and whatnot, used to get laughs, but for those two guys who came to foreign shores, um, you know, it wasn't really funny. But again, it just shows his connection to Celtic Football Club and that kind of journey of the, the immigrant that he was talking about in his recent Sky Sports interview. Yeah. Biggest question... Uh, Declan, biggest question: Have you met him yet for breakfast? Has he signed your book? The book is signed. Yes, the book is signed. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Yep, there, there, look, there it's there. I can show you. It's to Declan. Hope you enjoy the book. And post the call. There we go. The book is signed. He did sign the book. Not over breakfast, but he did sign my book. Yep. <laughs> Not this time. Anyway, now we've asked a couple of questions before he came on, Declan, so we'll bring you right back up to date with that. Uh, we asked Laura, who was the most improved player under Ange Postacoglu this season and why? And Laura said Tony Ralston. Do you agree with that? Yeah, possibly. Um, I think there's probably a case to, to say for Tony Ralston. Obviously, at St Johnston, Dundee United, didn't look as if it was going to go anywhere for him as Kev said you know he was the only right back at the club and it's probably why he got that extension but I think there's also possibly a case to maybe be made for Callum McGregor um, mm. last season you heard them say in interviews about a disjointed team I, I felt sorry for him last season he looked lost to his usual player and this season he's been absolutely awesome um, you know I'm fully signed member of the Callum, Callum McGregor fan club but I think he's just been absolutely awesome and he's been a big part of what we've did well this season and I think like, his return in that Glasgow Derby game you know, we absolutely battered Rangers in the first half I think a lot of that was due to him coming back and the team having a, a renewed confidence uh, to go out and win that game what I think has been phenomenal um, as well, Declan, is the fact that uh, you know not only has his performances been top notch this season, and in particular when you compare them to last season, but he's had this extra responsibility. I'm not going to call it a burden. Of course, it's not a burden, but a responsibility uh, of being the captain, and he has taken to that like a duck to water. Kevin Graham, how impressed have you been with Captain Callum McGregor this season? Absolutely fantastic. I mean, we always had doubts about his captaincy and it's okay to have doubts about him stepping into the shoes of Scott Brown because you weren't going to get another Scott Brown. Cal McGregor's not Scott Brown and Scott Brown is a one-off in a generation of Scottish football of what he's achieved in his character and natural game and it'll be interesting to see how he takes that to Fleetwood and into management. That's going, that's going to be some, that's going to be a roller coaster ride down there for him. Um, it's but when you look at Callum, Callum's got his own style. I can't remember what game it was. It was a game at Celtic Park when we, it was a close victory and he got the team in the centre circle. And they got them into a huddle at the end of the game and, they, and you could actually tell he was telling these players, these new players, this new team, this is what it meant to be Celtic and this is I what you're going to need to do. Did that after the Dundee, the Dundee game, uh, Kev, the 6-0 game? The was it the 6-0 game? Was it the, yeah. nah, and, and I remember watching that one. This guy's got it. This guy's got what's 
got to be a captain. The fact that he came back and wore the face mask basically from January to, for the second of February actually to the end of the season, I really do wish he would have lifted the trophy in the face mask though. That would have been that would have just summed up a picture of the season. Him with his face mark lifting up the trophy, but obviously that, that never happened. He's been utterly fantastic. He well deserving to be a, a, the Celtic captain, and he's a shining light for our academy. He's a shining light to any player in that academy. It doesn't matter if we send you or loan, you can come back and you become captain of Celtic. You can win all these honours and you can lift a league championship trophy. I think it's um, important to point out the fact that he's played most of the season with that injury, Kev. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, not only has he is he, he performed with the mask on, but he's performed incredibly well. And um, you know, we, we've been looking at the you know the players that are, are lifting that trophy, Declan. Uh, one of them who has lifted his last trophy in a Celtic jersey is Tom Rogic. Uh, and what I want from you, because I know you follow Celtic home and away in Europe, um, the full booner, Tommy Rogic's finest moment in a Celtic jersey, Declan McConville. There's three, um, and they all come at different venues. None of them, I don't think, come at Celtic Park. Um, first one, Rugby Park, St Patrick's Day. It was just about St Patrick's Day 2016. Under Ronnie, we're wearing that green kit with the kind of white pinstripes down it, and he scores that utter belter. Um, and again, I think that goal was really important in going on to win the title that season. You know, a lot obviously made about Brendan Rodgers, a lot made recently about us getting to, to nine. But at that point, you know, Aberdeen were hot in our, our, our heels. Whether they would have went on to, you know, give us a good day challenge for the championship is another question. But I thought that was a big, huge goal under Ronnie. And you see how much it means to him, John Collins and John Kennedy at the end of the game. Motherwell, 4-3. Um, an absolute whirlwind of a game, one of the best football games I've ever been at. Uh, I remember my dad's pal James stomped his two feet uh, when Millerable went 2 0 up. And then uh, at half time, like Jerry says to me, You know, I've been here before when we've been down 2 0. He says, But Kenny the Gleash was playing that day. And I thought, Oh no. <laughs> so uh, that game, too, absolute whirlwind. And then, of course, uh, Invincible Treble, uh, absolutely wonderful day. A, a real celebration of the Lisbon Lions over the course of that weekend, obviously. At the Hydro on the Thursday night, brilliant night, um, getting to see the guys over doing the, the double T Hilton on the Friday and then cup final day, Saturday, you know, last minute to complete an invincible treble. So out of those three moments, I don't think I could give you an answer. So there's a wee flavour for you, Paul. No, that, I think that's fair enough. And I love that, um, the invincible goal that you talk about against Aberdeen because Kevin Miles is in the celebratory uh, photographs, Kev Graham, and it is one of the moments in time. You were talking about that moment in time where Callum McGregor lifts the trophy and you wish he'd kept the mask on just to remind us. Um, and, and, you know, Kevin Miles uh, jumping on, <laughs> jumping like Superman over two or three bodies to get to um, the players who were celebrating. But we point on what uh, Declan said there. The first goal you mentioned, the Kilmarnock one, the, the jersey we're wearing is is a, a reimagining of a, a previous iconic jersey that was made famous for a victory against Ajax, if you'll uh, remember. Kevin Graham will remember, certainly. But George I think... McCluskey. Yeah, George. 82, 81-82. And, you know, that jersey, I think when New Balance recreated it, they'd done it very, very well. But Adidas 
Declan, who I think have been pretty flawless, I think, in their in their creations so far, have uh, tried to recreate a classic 90s design. One of the, the much-loved away jerseys. What do you make of the design from the pictures you've seen? I think if it was, you know, the stripes right around the whole jersey, it would look nice, but I'm not too sure. It's just a plain uh, black back. Um, you know, easy to see when you've not had a, a, a few pints on a Saturday night, that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't know. Again, I heard what you guys were saying earlier. It might look good on the players. At first, again, I thought that white kit that we've had this season looked a bit offish. But when I saw his and um, Betis playing in it, I thought that looks okay. So, mm-hmm. again, I'm not too quick to judge before seeing it on a player. But um, yeah, still did quite a good history. You know, the black jersey. Obviously, when we were doing it, Kafkin, I brought in uh, the, the one from the the one two five season. With the tricolour uh, in the sleeve, I thought it was a cracking Celtic jersey. So we'll see what it looks like in a player. But um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of just the, the, the plain uh, black background in the back of the top. Absolutely. Now, Declan, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been involved in a Celtic state of mind long before we went live and everybody knew what we looked like. Uh, we've been running for five years, a thousand episodes, and you're a, a valued member of the team. And we will see you next week on a Celtic State of Mind. So thanks for joining us, mate. I'm sure you will. Congratulations, guys, and thanks for all the Thank opportunities. You, Obviously, I've known you since the uh, uh, school time, right through university. I've got my last exam this week, and that'll be me done finished university so you guys have kind of been on the journey with me through my kind of journalism career so I can only thank both of you for all the opportunities you've given me it's a pleasure it's a pleasure good man catch up with you soon mate thank you oh it's great to see the faces it's great to see the faces Kevin I remember the first time Declan turned up uh, at the toll booth when we were, when we were recording. Eh? Always so enthusiastic, and I'm sure he's going to be. I'm sure Declan's going to be a face the Celtic supporters are going to actually see for decades. Well, the thing is with that, Kevin, you see a lot of people uh, showing an interest. We're always of the view that uh, we'll give everybody an opportunity if possible and but it's about taking that opportunity and you see what Declan's done he's taken an opportunity and he's known I mean we have a laugh about the Ange thing but he's known and respected and he's done that on his own uh, you know his own back it, it's not because of us he's assisted us he's a valued member of the team but Declan will have a, a great career whatever he does um, and you know there's a lot to do with the, the actual person Ange talks about the person and you can you can take to a person because of their personality and their character. And I think Declan is solid. We've actually got three contributors sitting in the wings. I know. I'm not, I'm not know. sure who to bring in first. It's, it's like a triple sub on the 60th minute here. Right? 62 mm-hmm. minutes. 62 mm-hmm. minutes. Aye. Who Who's do we bring on? First? All right. I think uh, we'll go for someone who has been described as Axom's <laughs> most improved <laughs> contributor, Kevin McCluskey. You know this, Kevin? I think it's more to do with you're getting more game time than you weren't that good before. Because, you know, when somebody's, you know, the most improved, sometimes it's because they weren't great before. I I wouldn't say that about you. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, I might. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go on that one. I'll take it. Um... I'll be honest with you, when I first started doing the shows, I think I was really nervous. So my answers were one word and pass it on to someone else. But um, <laughs> I have, uh, I like to think of, I've grown in stature. I've become a wee bit more comfortable in the ball now. And I, I can I can spot my passes to Kev Graham down the line a bit better. Ah, it was one-touch kind of high-tempo football before, eh? You've uh, calmed so down a wee bit. Calmed it down a little bit. I've become, <laughs> a, bit more, become a bit more calm. More of a pirlo, more of a pirlo, yeah. yeah absolutely. Bit. You've earned your contract extension, mate. Oh, well, <laughs> the, 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 you've, you've earned your contract extension, so don't worry about that. We've been asking some specific questions of uh, Laura and Antonia and Declan, most improved player under Ange and why, Ange's best signing and why, Tommy Rogic's finest moment in the Celtic jersey. But what I want to ask you, Kevin McCluskey, is which of this season's departures do you think would have thrived under Ange Postacoglu? Now, we've, we've had quite a lot of departures, as you know. The lone players left. El Yunusi left. Laxalt left. I should have asked uh, Laura, that one. Laura that one. Shane Duffy is gone. Um, but you also had guys like Jack Hendry, Chris Ayer, Ryan Christie, Orson Edward. Which of those players do you reckon would have thrived under Ange Postacog and why? Right. Uh, I'll give you two. I'll do a deck when I'll give you more than one answer. I'll give you two. Uh, I think uh, you've got Ryan Christie, who's been one of them, and he showed that in the first few games of the season. He looked like he was going to be a right good player under Ange if he decided to stay. He's got the energy, uh, that high tempo about his game. I'm sure Ange would have been able to coach him in shooting so he could get something on target for a change. But I, I think he would have been a, a he'd have been a first team player for sure. I think <laughs> just seeing that one from Laura. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I think Christie would have been a, a player that would have thrived under that system. You could have seen him in the midfield. And then my other one is going to be Chris Ayer. And I think he would have thrived under Ange as a defensive midfielder. I think he would have moved up into being the the number six, which would have mm-hmm. allowed Callum to play a bit more further forward, a bit more advanced at times. Because I think if you look back at Ayer's career before he came to Celtic, he was... He was more offensive and he was a central midfielder and Dyla converted him to being a centre-half, but I think always with the intention that he was a ball-playing centre-half who could move into the midfield and he's got the height, he's got that physicality about him. Um, No slouch either. So I reckon he could have been a a key player for Ange if he'd stayed. I mean, we've done all right without the guys, but sometimes you can, you know, you know, you can debate these things, Kev Graham. Uh, what do you reckon then? Ayer and Christie would they have would they have made an impact? Do you think under Postecoglou? I think Ryan Christie was very, very disappointed that he had to leave. When you hear him talking about these six weeks working under Ange Postecoglou, he was very, very. He actually did say it. He wished that he could have stayed and he played under him for. A, a bit longer, um, but I agree. But there's a certain times 
where we're trying to play a team that's parked the bus at Celtic Park where he just wishes for a Christopher Ayer to break out a defence and step up and take that ball into the midfield and look comfortable with it. Even though um, Alan Morrison will come in and talk about pack passes and stuff like that, even though Cameron Carter Vickers uh, could do that. He didn't do it on that as much occasions as what I would expect Christopher Ayer to do it. Uh, some. Uh, I'm going to go to the comments for this one. I'm going to steal somebody else's answer, which I've been doing for five years. So I may as well continue with it. Hey, Patrick McLaughlin, I fully agree. Stuart Armstrong would have been superb in an Ange Postacoglu Celtic side. It would have been absolutely brilliant. And Patrick McLaughlin, again, Tierney. Imagine they two in an Ange wow. Postacoglu team. Eh? So I'll just steal Patrick's answers there. Eh? Um, uh, aye, it's. I would like to see seen Armstrong. Armstrong would have been good, eh? Uh, he, he would have fitted into the, 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 the midfield free in that, eh? But I think there was one player, obviously, even at the start of the season, even though he had checked out, who wouldn't have fitted into Ange Postacoglu's style, and that was Eddie. Mm-hmm. Edward wouldn't have. He, he, he wouldn't have handled the way Kyogo and Yakamakis play in that system. He yeah. couldn't have done that. He would have started floating about. Mm. It would have been good coming in for wide. The wide areas, but even then, I don't think you would have saw the tracking back in that for me. Eddie was definitely going to be a square peg in a round hole yeah. in an Ange Poster yeah. called Celtic. We're allowed to have these debates and these kind of like uh, dreamlike sequences. Uh, do you agree with that about Eddie, Kevin? I do. I was just going to say that. I, I think it definitely showed in the few games he played this season that he wasn't a player that was going to fit to Angie's system. But then you could argue that he had checked out and his mind was elsewhere. But even at his peak, like Prime Edwards a phenomenal player. But he's not he's not the player that fits into Angie's system. He's not got the work rate, he's not got that ethic. Uh, you know, take a bad as last minute goal against Dundee United earlier on in the season. If you're relying on Edward to get there, he's, he's not getting in position to get that because he's not got the ethic to get in there. Someone like Abada was driving on that chance. And uh, he made the most of it. He got himself in there. He got the goal, and that's the type of player that that fits under Ange. Aye, without a doubt. Listen, uh, hopefully we can get you back into the studio, Kevin McCluskey, all the way from Budapest. It's been an absolute joy to see your Ralston like um, <laughs> Phoenix from the Flames uh, appearances on Axon this season. Well, and uh, you're always the <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. We've got a few waiting in the wings. We're going to make a sixty-third minute sub. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Um, uh, yeah, brilliant to get the contributions from the audience as well. Coming in, uh, make your comments, disagree, throw in your own questions, and we'll see if we've got time to answer them now. Another long-time contributor waiting to come on uh, for the Axon team on the 1,000th episode, and that man is Ur Colin Watt. He didn't even know. He was just oh, waiting in the wings. I was, I was getting very comfortable there. I was and he's sitting up, uh, yeah, sitting up with a straight back. Um, Colin, how are you doing, pal? Um, apart from being caught off guard there, I'm doing smashing. Are you boys? <laughs> I wouldn't have done that deliberately if you were uh, up to anything else. Never do that deliberately. That is not in your mantra to do that. No, and I've obviously asked the Tony Ralston questions before you've come on. So, you know, I'm... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I do have a cracking question for you. I, I mean, your Axom career spans back, what? Four, three, four years. Yeah. Uh, again, prior to the the wonders of live streaming, I'm sure they existed, but we certainly didn't use them until the lockdown. Um, and you have been an integral part of the team ever since your debut. But I want to know, right, when we started, Kev, 
Brennan Rogers was in charge mm-hmm. of Celtic. Um, and I want you to tell me, Colin, and I know it's only after one season, we had two and a half seasons under Brendan. If you were to choose Rogers or Postacoglu, who would it be and why? Oh, it's a difficult one. Um, in terms of this is easier probably to do with hindsight now that um, Brendan Rodgers has left the club. But I think that the philosophy and the sort of man that Ange Postacoglu is, is there at the right time for Celtic to build a legacy. Rodgers was there at the right time for Celtic to carry on what had been left behind him. And he took us through five, six, seven, on to eight. And then Neil Lennon comes in to almost get the job done. But we were at a, a crossroads last summer where a chapter in Celtic's history had just been completed. And we needed someone to come in there and lay down the foundations for what needed to be Celtic's next big step forward. And I think Ange Postacoglu is the man over Brendan Rodgers to do that because he's able to do it himself. He took a lot of responsibility on himself. Rodgers realistically tweaked what was or should have been a more successful team with a couple of signings. Ange has rebuilt a squad and it looks as if he's there to lay, lay a legacy. So as much as we had great success under Brendan, I've got to say Ange Postacoglu would be the man. Oh, interesting. Very interesting indeed. I don't disagree with it, Colin. What's your thoughts, Kevin? It's very, very difficult when we're basking under a title one under Ange Postacoglu to give any single answer bar Ange Postacoglu. <laughs> but I do think that uh, if Brendan would have stayed um, and done nine, then basically went on to ten, he would have had a statue in that stadium. And I always used to say, and there's plenty of episodes out there where I says, Brendan gets off that team bus and points out my statue's going to be there because that was the kind of mental attitude that he had. Um, somebody in the comments earlier on today in that, the, the afternoon bulletin says uh, the Rodgers side would have still would have lost the league during lockdown as well. And I pointed out, well, his Leicester team won the FA Cup when there was no crowds there because they play a certain way and they weren't emotional. They, they weren't an emotional side. They didn't play the occasion, they actually played the game. Uh, but that's gone back. No, I've post a cog with all the wife on me now. But I'm still welcome Brendan Rogers back at Celtic Park at any point. That, that my bitterness towards him disappearing to Leicester that February is long, long gone now. What do you make of his recent comments that he was always going to leave at the end of the season? I think that was always going to be the case. I think if you asked any Celtic fan, they knew he was going to be leaving. It was almost that sort of air of inevitability. And I think the the biggest sort of punch to the gut was the fact that he couldn't just wait out those couple of months. Everyone knew the Leicester job was coming. Everyone knew there was jobs down south available for him. And I think if he had left in the summer and says, look, I have taken this team as far as I can go, people would have said, right, fair enough. And they would have, he would have left with probably the grace of the Celtic fans. But when you leave, when the job's not done, that's when, as Kevin says, the bitterness towards him was certainly at its peak. And from that point onwards, when you leave someone and you leave them in the lurch, that is the problem. A lot of people will never, ever forgive him for that. No, n- Not all people are as nice as Kevin Graham's, what I'm saying, right? <laughs> not everyone will forgive and forget. There'll still be people out there that when you say the name Brendan Rodgers, they put a wee at the end of it. 
Yeah, you do see the uh, emojis kicking about every time he's spoken about. Studs Lanigan, big shout out to you on your 800th appearance on the Axom uh, via the comment section. Thanks for getting involved, pal. And also... Do you know, Paul, I was thinking this. I wonder if there's anybody um, out there who is like a proper stato. I know we've always got Alan coming on shortly as well, who does the Celtic stats. But it'd be interesting to see who's done how many podcasts throughout the 1,000. Oh, who's who's due that testimonial? Absolutely. Yeah. Aye, who's in the, Who's done 500? There you go. That'd be you, a good Paul, one. Paul, you're the Danny McGrain man. Yeah. Paul, you, you're, you're away ahead of everybody else. Kev, okay, you must be up there as well. I might be. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. I've, I've been a sub a lot of the times. But Paul, going back to Brendan <laughs> Rodgers, I've gone gone back to Brendan Rodgers. No, remember. Um, let's let's have a name drop. At 40 minutes in. Let's have a name drop. No, remember Alan McAnally, Big Rambo, Pelters in the December that he was going to Leicester, and yeah. we got and we got Pelters because we didn't tell him. I know. We weren't allowed to. But it was interesting because it's one of the ones where you can look like a dafty if you say something or a troublemaker or a mischief maker if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Kev, I, I just thought, no chance. I mean, he actually told us he was going to Leicester. Aye. Bizarre. And Big Rambo, the best part of that day, uh, because Kevin done the name drop, not me, was uh, Kevin was calling him Rambo. So we're setting up the camera, which, by the way, back then, that was your camera. It was an iPhone. <laughs> that, was your iPhone. Aye, that was your camera. Uh, we're setting up the camera because I think we might have had a, some kind of, I don't know, selfie stick or something. And uh, Kevin kept calling him Rambo. I says, Kev, you can't call him Rambo. It's Alan McAnally. He says, no, I insist, boys. Call me Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that will stay with me forever. I thought that was tremendous. Um, here's one as well. Moussa Dembele would have thrived under Ange Postacoglu, says Paul McCann. Um, I love Big Moussa. We're still due a sell-on from uh, any potential transfer that he has. So hopefully, if it does happen, we get a few million quid out of him. Um, and uh, I think that he's got someone good on the socials as well because um, he always strikes when necessary on Twitter. Colin, what, always an absolute pleasure. I'll give you fair warning next time when we're going to dial you in live. I appreciate it, mate. Um, but it's always a pleasure, my man. And I will see you, maybe not on Friday, but uh, certainly next week at some point. Yeah, once again, congratulations, guys, and here's the next thousand. Absolutely, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely. A midfield general comes on, shores it up, kicks a few people, leaves. That's Colin Watt. But you need that in the midfield, don't you? Um, The look of Connell. I was not bringing that up. I wasn't bringing it up. Um, well, if Colin's the Luca Connell, I'm not sure who the next contribu- contributor rather is. We have Lawrence Connolly. There we are, Lawrence. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing well. How are the pair of you? We're very good. We're very good. And uh, I was thinking. I mean, we go way back pre Axon, Lawrence. Indeed, yes, pre axon. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen, maybe, something like that. Something like that, mate. Like that. Yeah, and here we are. We're still here, we're still falling out, we're still disagreeing, but um as all pals do, you make up and get on with it. I've got a question for you, Lawrence. Um if one player can be saved in the same kind of way that Tony Ralston was saved, if one player can be saved from the following by Ange next season, who's it gonna be and why? Mikey Johnston. Albin Ayeti, Vasias Barkas, Ismail Asoro, uh, Bolly, Bolingoli, or Chris Julien. Of those six players, if one can be salvaged, who's it going to be and why? 
there's no if. I just could easily save all six, mate. That man can walk in water. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But if I was to pick one that he was going to save, yeah, probably Mikey, mate. I think he's still got a lot of potential to f- fulfil, being hampered by injury. Probably got a lot more minutes under Ange, being one of the forward players. You know, Ange likes to change the front six, so I think Mike could be in a chance. I think Ayeti, Bongoy, Soro, Barkas, I don't think there's any way back. And we touched on Julian kind of during today's show. I think his recent comments, the fact that Celtic thought he'd be ready for September and he, he didn't show to January. You know, he's been out for a long time. I think mm. I've always seen with Danny McGrain and and then Heather Larson come back from such extended layoffs and I don't put Julian in that kind of company. So I think it's going to be hard for him to come back at the same kind of level as he was before, never mind resurrect a Celtic career where he's going to be needing to improve on the level he was on before. So for me, I would go with Mikey Johnson, mate. Uh, he'll get more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. likes forward players. You know, he... If it wasn't for injury, I think he'd have played a bigger part this season. Well, he is a player that, during the season, Kevin, I likened him, in many ways, to uh, Lewis Morgan. Um, And I think that, in terms of his physical stature, he's pretty similar to Lewis Morgan. And I just, you know, you look at the career that Morgan is crafting out elsewhere, in a different side of the world, in another part uh, side of the world, and you think to yourself, in many ways, I want to see players thriving. And some players just seem to hit a brick wall in their development. Mikey Johnson, at this moment in time, seems to be at that point where it definitely is make or break. He's got a good contract at Celtic. He's contracted up to 2025, I think. Um, do you think that Andrew Workies wonders, does he need a loan deal somewhere else to get his confidence and his, his fitness back up? Now, the thing about Mikey is he's got, a comp- he's got loads of competition in the positions now. And a loan deal might be best for him, but he does suit Anne's Postacoglu's style. But I think the six that you mentioned were probably clutching at straws with all of them if they can maybe turn around uh, the Celtic career. We, we, we spoke about uh, Tony Ralston, and there was nobody in front of Ralston when when Anne's turned up. There's plenty of, there's plenty of bodies in front of Mikey Johnson. Um, we are going to need a lot of bodies... And I remember speaking to somebody who played with Mikey uh, at youth team level and uh, Scottish youth team level, and he says he was the head and shoulders above everybody else there. So there is talent there. He has been he has been unlucky with injuries, and that's a problem. He doesn't seem to be able to get a run in teams. He doesn't doesn't seem to be able to get a run of games. When he's always seeming to be coming back, he always seems to be off the pace, mm-hmm. and it's very very difficult to actually make to make an impression when that's the case. I think if you're looking at any of those six as well, I think Albion Aeti suits uh, Ange Postacoglu's system. He scored two goals in Spain, uh, playing that striker role, just staying in the box, hassling the box. And he actually done himself against Betis, closing down the goalkeeper and doing the high press. <laughs> so maybe there is a, maybe we could get a tune at Aeti. Maybe. But... I wasn't too impressed with him wandering on with the sunglasses and that on, on Saturday. That was just a bit too, like, <laughs> nah, mate, come on. You contributed nothing to winning win this league and you're there loving it up, man, eh? That's a little bit of humility. He scored the first goal under Ange Postacoglu, uh, under the Ange era. Uh, And a wee message before you go, Lawrence Connor. Scott, how reckons you are a great contributor. So, Thanks very much, Scott. 
We're all about the positivity on Axom. It's a negativity-free zone. Lawrence Conley, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll catch up with you at some point over the week or so. OK, keep it faith, boys. Here Good, man. Speak Thank to you, you soon. Cheers. There he is. And as I said, we go way back, 2014, I think. And um, here we are. We're still here. Uh, we never stop, I think someone once said. I'm going to bring in Alan Morrison. Alan has been contributing to a Celtic state of mind, again, since it was a, an audio podcast. And the reason I'm bringing him in is because I've noticed that Jim isn't at his seat. Uh, no, that's not the reason. I've got a very specific question that I want to ask this man here. How are you doing, Alan? I'm I'm very good, very good there. I hope I don't let you down there with your positivity, negativity, because as you know, the stats don't recognise concepts of positivity <laughs> and negativity. They're just they're just they're just what they are. <laughs> no, but the the good thing about it is, and Kevin and I used to say this back in the day, where you know on a fairly or an irregular basis, you would contribute to the audio podcast, and we always came away from it, Kevin and I. And I remember having a few conversations over the phone with Kev saying. Alan makes you think he about, about? things. He makes you think about things a wee bit different. I thought I knew a bit about football, but I clearly don't. And we used to have that conversation. Um, we, we, but- we definitely did, Paul. I remember one night uh, I was at a, a nutmeg night in monorail and in, in Glasgow, and this guy came up to me and he went, like, "He says you're Kevin from a Celtic state of mind." I went, "Aye." He says, "I love when you're on with Alan Morrison." I went, "Oh, I says he's a good guy." He says, "Aye, he proves you care nothing about football." <laughs> He was right. This may be stat based or, or it may not be Alan, but uh, Kevin and I had a wee chat bef- before we came on live, right? It's nearly 20 years since the real civil, um, which of Angie's team would get into the civil side of 2003. Crikey. That is a tricky one. Uh, quite a different system, and obviously wing backs. Uh, you know, three, well, two, two kind of defensive midfielders as well. So it's quite a quite a different setup, really, and two strikers. So um, not so much like for like. Um, the the obvious answer is the goalkeeper. I mean, that's 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 got to be a given, right? Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Rab, but you know, and, and it's not just for that game. You know, I think Rab was a. A goalkeeper who probably, if I'm being honest, is kind of out, out of step with the quality of the of the rest of that uh, of that team, which was maybe a bit harsh. I don't know, but uh, that's my view. Um, uh, you know, and, and Joe Hank Joe Hart is an experienced person at that level, uh, and and is pretty solid for us. So that would be that would be one change I would make. Um, so difficult difficult to argue. Would you have Lennon, Lambert, or McGregor? Would McGregor you can kind of replace either of those players. I think that's 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 a very difficult call to make. Um, would you have? See, the wing backs are difficult because uh, Thompson and Agat were both very attacking players, and you know I don't think I would swap either of the full backs in for them. But would you swap Ayota, for example, in? Um, I and mean, he's probably more of a kind of Maravchik substitution, isn't he? Really, than not not that Maravchik was around then. Um, so that's I don't I don't I don't I couldn't I don't think I could make that case. I think I could make a case for Carter Vickers, possibly replacing um, maybe Valharan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit different, a little bit you know more mobile, I would say. Uh, and, and I think he would complement that back three of Mialbi and Balder uh, quite well. And then you've got Larson Sutton up front, and you can't you can't make a case for replacing either of those. But where you would have absolute um, joy would be on the bench, because if you look at that bench, you've got Hedman, McNamara, 
who who I'd held keep absolutely Lowerson average, Silla average, Jamie Smith average, David Fernandez average, and we Sean who I love I'd keep Sean. So I think you'd replace most of that bench mm-hmm. with uh, with Postecoglou signings definitely. Yeah, yeah, sure. it's interesting because we had that same take on it. I think Kevin brought up Joe Hart and uh, actually. I think you were at the Greenock that night when Big Rab was the guest, Kev. Mm-hmm, I was, and the question uh-huh. came up, you know, which player, I think it was maybe talking about the Invincible team at the time, which player would get into the uh, the Seville team and he says the goalie. He says <laughs> the goalie would replace me. And he was honest about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I threw back at Kev, I said, you know, what about the central defensive partnership? Could Carter Vickers get into that? So that was the one I was thinking about as well. And then, of course, you look at the bench, and I'm, I'm not going to say it was a weak bench, but yeah, it was uh, a weak bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, who, yeah. who's missing from the team? John Hartson's missing from that team. I guess Hartson was injured, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was. I. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the bench—you're looking at that, thinking, "Where's your game changer?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you're paying eight, eight or nine players forty grand a week, you're not got a lot of pennies left for anyone else, have you? So uh, no, that's true. It's a lot to do with it. That's true. I was just, uh, I was going live there. Sorry, Kev. I was going live and um, I went onto YouTube and I noticed that uh, the Huddle Breakdown was live tonight as well, Alan. So yes. is, that, is that the case? You want to give us yes. a wee bit of info on that and where viewers can find uh, the oh, pod God. that you do more regularly? Rocking yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a it's a threesome. So as Ender calls our expert host, and J- Juco James and myself talk talk sort of wibbly stat stuff. Um, but you know, it's it's good fun. Hopefully, um, it's on usually a Thursday. To be fair, uh, we don't have a kind of set rigid time, but normally a Thursday around about tea time. Uh, you can find it on all the normal places that you download your, uh, you know, your podcast from, i.e., Spotify or. Uh, YouTube, etc. I'm sure there are others. I just can't think of them. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> All the other platforms. Listen, Alan, it's Indeed. always a pleasure. And Thank you. It's great when you come on and prove that Kevin knows nothing about football. <laughs> you are welcome back um, anytime you want, and uh, we'll be glad to see you on a regular basis on a Friday. Uh, thanks very much for all your contributions, and we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, congratulations, on the, yeah congratulations as well, and thank you. Nice one, mate. Uh, we do have Jim Orr waiting in the wings. Jim Orr will be our next uh, and final for the evening, final guest, Axom contributor for a long, long time. We've known Jim through his work, such as um, the plays, Bend It Like Brettback. Brettback, what's happening with my, my talking tonight? I'm all talk to it. Bend It Like Brattback. Bend It Like Bertie, the man behind me. Before, before we bring Jim in, that's the whole question. I, I, I may as well say what we says before we came on there. I would flip it. I would love to see a peak Sean Maloney and an Ange Postacoglu side. Nice. And that's that's what I would love to see. I was a big Maloney fan. Um, I'm wondering if he'll ever come back as a manager after his experience at Hibs. Uh, I'm going to bring in Jim Orr because Jim, there we are. Welcome to the show, Jim Orr. You came in to the toll booth in Stirling to talk to us many moons ago uh, about and, and it was uh, Save Ourselves back then. That was the I first recall. time we had a chat. Yeah. I uh, those guys, yeah. Yeah. And since then, since then, Jim, you have become a well-kent face on the Axom show. And I'll tell you this much. Um, we've got a great video coming out. There we go. We've got a, a great video coming out this week with uh, Des McLean, 
who is mm. playing the mm. one and only Betty Old in your forthcoming run of shows. So before we do anything, give us a big plug. Bend it like Bertie. Bend it like Bertie uh, kicks off next Tuesday night at Webster's Theatre, uh, up and down the country. We've got to Motherwell, Aberdeen, Oban, Danoon, Bathgate, Livingston, etc. etc. So come into a theatre near you. If you're on social media, I, I tweet every few days. Uh, if you're not on social media, there's bits and pieces in local newspapers. So... Uh, Celtic season is finished, so if you want your fix of Celtic, uh, Ben Bertie season just starting, so next week off we go. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And it's even going to Glenn Roths, apparently. It's going to go to Glenn Roths as somebody on a talk road tech. Talk, talk rodeo producer. <laughs> <Pronounced> <laughs> it's catching, mate. I've been mispronouncing things on it. It's because Kev's on and he gives gives us the Ella Hussey chat. Um, anyway, guys, a thousand episodes. Well done. Congratulations. A lot of hard work behind that. Well, Thank you know you, this. Jim. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I think that um, the team and, and the whole idea of tonight, bringing on as many uh, contributors as possible, the team is a strong one. It keeps us going, Jim. It keeps the variety uh, and it allows us to go out on a daily basis. So it's a pleasure from this end. First step, Romy Kev and Graham, it's a dream came true to be on with Kev. Just as. No way. I, I, no I was thinking. No words. Uh, no, words. Apart, no words. Apart from the original interview in the toll booth, since we've moved to this format, YouTube format, that's me got yeah. the complete set. That's me being on with everybody. I um, am the last card in Kev yeah. Graham's. You were my last panini st- sticker. <laughs> am I? Am I? Am I last one tonight? Uh, you are. Yes. Yeah. I've got one final question for Kev after you go away for this evening, Jim. But I do have a, a, a question specific to you Has because it been I know. Good? Has it been quite good? I've got it's been great. Been good. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's answered one question. Um, okay. One question. Right. One question. Yeah. I've got one for you because I know that you're a numbers man in a different way. From Alan. Alan's a stats man. You're a numbers man. Um, You are a retired accountant. Uh, We've been running Axon for five years. And, Mm. you know, when we started, Kevin and I had a disagreement about where Celtic were in the great scheme of things. Where should we be in five years? Because I know you do your planning. You, You are one of these guys that sits down, you look at the figures and you plan. And you brought it up. Just the other day there, where you predicted that Celtic would win the league in the way that they would win the league, in March 2020, 2020 I think it was, 21? 21, uh, 21. 21, yeah, so you were ahead of the curve. Where where should we be as a football club in five years? Uh, that depends on the board. I know that Kevin, like me, is not a big fan of the board. I think the board have undersold us for a number of years. Uh, we a good manager now, back the big chap, let's see where he can take us. Uh, 
the European record's been appalling. Uh, it's, it's one thing, domestic dominance. It's another thing to take it to the next level. And that's why we're, we are envious of this game tomorrow night. You know, we, we, would, we would love to be there because uh, it, it shows it. You've taken on some of the best teams in Europe. We have to do that. And it's been far, far too long since we've done that. So uh, I'd like to see that we're consistently winning the league. We get into the Champions League. We make a fist of it. We get through to the knockout stages. And if we don't go to knockout stages, then and we drop into Europa, then we go deep into Europa, you know, quarter final, semi final. If we don't do that, something wrong, given the size of the club. And again, if you do look at tomorrow night, you think, well, if they can do it, there's no reason why we can't do it. Well, you know this, Jim, there, there are some people who think, well, we should never look at them. But the, the way that I've kind of shaped that over the last couple of weeks is that we have been told by our chairman we can't compete in Europe. And a Scottish club have proved that Scottish clubs can compete in Europe. And that's the kind of way that I'm viewing it. Now, mm-hmm. when we've been discussing the types of players that might have suited Ange, who left the club, Stuart Armstrong was thrown into the mix, Ryan Christie, mm-hmm. Kieran Tierney and a few others, it takes me back to a conversation that Colin and I had a while back about, imagine keeping a Celtic team together for five years and seeing them developing it and then what we can do in Europe. Is that possible, Jim? Can we keep the likes of Abada and Kyogo and Hatati and hopefully Carter Vickers so that we can see this this team developing over a period of four or five seasons? No. <laughs> no, I can't see that happening. I think uh, we have to be realistic about these things. If, if, if we can keep a player for two, maybe three years, I think that's the max. If they're, if they're, sorry, if they're good players. You know, the guys you mentioned there, you know, two or three years' time, if they keep going the way they're going to go and they will want to stay. And, and money talks. Money will always talk. You know, when you guys like, I don't know, maybe somebody like Matt O'Reilly comes in and loving that, loving, loving life. But within a short period of time, you'll be seeing what the guys are getting down south. If he's mixing with the Danish players and stuff like that, then I think it's unrealistic to think we could keep somebody that good for that length of time. So when people talk about, well, what if we kept all these players? We'd have never kept all these players in this modern age. It's different if you get back to Benny like birthday time, back to the 60s and back to the 70s. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the wage structures and teams down south, teams abroad, it wasn't that different. But but now, you know, we're saying, what we're saying, Jota, what we're saying, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Once these guys got a sniff of how much they can earn down south, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if we've seen both of them. Maybe even surprised if we've seen one of them because, because of the money that's an offer. So I, I just think that we do well to pick up uh, players that are maybe off other teams' radars, bring them in, develop them, and sell them on, hopefully for a lot of money. And... Don't get too attached to the players because it's not like the old days. You know, don't get too attached to the players. Enjoy them while they're here. Enjoy Yota this season. And if he leaves, hey ho, he leaves. So I think it's it's difficult to pull that together. No matter how good a manager you've got, and Andy's obviously an exceptional manager. You can't convince somebody to say, well, do you want to stay here and we'll give you 20 grand a week and you get 80 grand down the road? Bye, I'm away. So that's totally understandable. So I think you have to be realistic about these things. Maybe that's something that comes with age that. When you're young and you think football's kind of like, <laughs> they're all, you know, they want to play for Celtic and they enjoy the atmosphere and all this kind of stuff. Money always talks and we'd be the same if we were them, you know. So I think that's that's a bit unrealistic. But uh, I think if we can keep guys like Matt O'Reilly, Kyogo, Yakimakis for, for two or three years and make a fist of things in Europe in the next two or three years and then we have the next Yakimakis and Kyogo's coming through, that's the way a, a club like Celtic will always have to... Uh, Deal with things, I think. Yeah, and I'm not being negative. Before all these people no. say I'm negative. No, no, you're not being negative at all. No. So I see it going on. I think you're being realistic, Jim. I, I'm, I'm a dreamer, and um, 
and uh, Kevin's a romantic, but you're being realistic, and that's fair enough. One last shout out, Bend It Like Bertie. Bend It Like Bertie starting. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is go and see Bend It Like Bertie starting next week. The wonderful Des McLean, funniest guy in the world. So, uh, Webster's, Motherwell, Bathgate, Oban, Danoon, Aberdeen, Glenrothes, Falkirk. Maybe I've missed one or two, but hey. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com/internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.